page Kuf Chof Hei. Kuf Chof Hei. It's a sad heading of the page, but it's out of Purim, so I'll have to try to fix that. This part of the discussion is called Chayim Ba'olam Shechaseru Ba'yahava. We're living in a world where love is missing. Where it's missing. We're talking about last week. We're talking about last week how Ahava Ahava isn't just a feeling, an emotion. Ahava is the koyach hamachaber, hamaachid. It's that koyach in creation that holds everything together, binds all of reality together. Therefore, the gematria of Ahava is echad, is one. It's Olam Chesed Yibana. Olam Chesed Yibana, that the world, the world is built it's not a nice idea, a nice concept. That's the Metzius. Chesed is Ahava. Ahava is the Koyacha Echad on the that binds everything together. Therefore, we ended last week with a very strong, with a very strong description of of life. That that if it would be God forbid, that if it would be Chalila. That there would be a person, or if it's ever been felt by a person, that there's absolutely nobody in the world that loves him, that loves her. The person feels completely, absolutely unloved, without any dimian, delusion of being loved. And the person couldn't continue existing, it'd be impossible to live. The same way that, the same way that a body, God forbid, that's torn apart, is an accident, and the limbs are separated, there's nothing to hold them together. The koyach ma'achid is a hava that binds everything together. Olam chesed Each person is an olam cotton. We learned about that this morning. Is a world, and for that world to be alive, and for that world to be held together, there has to be a feeling of ahava that to love and to feel that one is loved. But the problem is, as we continue on kuf kuf hey, me'atel nasal ahava and eich adam is moidei b'matzav shulei mekabel ahava. But there's no question. There are many people who do not feel loved. There are many people like that. Who don't feel loved. Sufficiently loved. <clears throat> so what does a person do? Eich ha'adam mizmoidei v'matav shaloi mekabal ahava. If ahava, if love, is that which sustains, binds, and holds everything that exists, then Lamaisa, how can one go on living and feeling unloved? Now, there are many people who feel that way. Kshumakabel, when a person is receiving love, then he feels that he can manage with other things. We've seen that. Everybody has seen that. At least if a person feels that he is loved, he is a tachlis to continue, he is able to continue despite difficulties. When a person feels that that's missing in his life, according to his understanding, the way it seems to him, it's kemat. He's not Makabal, he's not receiving any love at all. Makabal the Kamlashinamaspekas, or he's receiving a very small amount by his way of understanding. It's not enough. So what what is he supposed to do in that situation? Now, before we were talking about when you're having difficulties with other people, all the inyanim ben Adam chaveru. Then we learn there's a very, very important avayd. It's all the same avayd the entire sefer of neshama as opposed to guf, right? Then the avayd is the avayd of what of levad. 
So if a person feels unloved, we can't recommend the Avaida that we were talking about before, to retreat from the world temporarily and to enter into that world of the Neshama, which is entirely by itself, in, not in need of anyone else. We can't, we can't do that. Why? He's halishing for love. And in that place of Levad, by himself, cutting himself off from everyone else temporarily, that's not going to help the problem of being loved. It's true that when you're having negative feelings towards others, we learned about this a lot, jealousy, hatred, whatever it might be, those negative feelings towards the other, then we can recommend to that person, tis not take, separate yourself from others. Don't depend on the others. Remember, you don't need the approval of others. It doesn't make a difference to you what that person has. Tis not take, separate. Disengage from others. That was the Avaida that we were learning about earlier last month. And instead we learned, identify yourself as a Metzias of Levad, by yourself, by yourself, who you are. Of course, we learned that that's not permanent. That's not healthy to separate yourself from the world. But sometimes you need that for a little bit. In order, not, in order not to let the world get to you. So you need that a little bit. If your people are angry at you, you're angry at others. So you need a little bit to step back. That was the avoid of Levad. Step back temporarily from the world into yourself. People are jealous of you. You're jealous of others. You disengaged. You separated. But when a person feels that he's not loved, you can't tell him that the avoid is Levad. He says, that's my problem. My whole life is Levad. I have nobody. I have nothing. So you can't tell a person like that, Levad. Ahav is what he needs. He needs another. So if you tell him you need to disengage and not to depend on anybody, because you're depending on people, so therefore you want love, disengage, enter into the world of Levad, and then you don't need anybody at all. So, you know, you put your arm around some guy, he tells you, I'm uh, 53, whatever, I, I went out with uh, 4,285 girls, never worked out, and you tell him, you know, why don't you try, why don't you try this Taisus uh, in Baba Khan, it's terrific. So, he'll say, Shkoyach, and I'll try to get some chizik by learning more Torah, that's good, but Lamaisa, I'm alone. So you say, you know, then you're going to suggest Charusa for him, which is nice also, but he wants to get married. He wants to have someone, he wants to receive Ahav. He doesn't feel that he's loved. The truth is, The truth is that we're living in a world where there isn't much love. Again, this is not something like, uh, we're not talking here about great romance or something. On a very simple level, we're living in a world without much love. Even though it's built up very big, in a lot of songs, and a lot of movies, and there's a lot of shows, and everybody's talking about it. The is is, there's not much, there's not much love. There's not much love. It's a world without much love. The love that does exist in the world nowadays, most of the love that's being publicized these days and people are talking about and saying to each other, well, most of this love he says, It's like the famous thing about a yid that he says, Oh, I love fish. I love fish. If he loves fish so much, then the big cash is, Then why does he kill them and eat them if he loves them so much? If you love fish, 
Be nice to them. Get yourself a big tank and put all the good filter fish and let it sit in the tank. If you love fish so much, then leave them alone. You love them. It's altruistic love. It's just, I just love them for who they are. So then if you love the fish, then leave them alone. Let them live. Let them live. Hello, what? The joke, of course, is that when the person says, Oh, I love fish, it doesn't mean he loves fish. Let's say what he really said. What does he really mean? He says, I love fish equals I love, I love myself. I love myself. And since fish makes me happy, so I love myself, I love fish, fish. And that's a kite when it comes to a piece of fish. When it comes to the bigger things in life, that gets pretty scary. That can become very scary. When a person says to another person, I love you, and the MS is, it means, no, it's nothing much better than I love a piece of fish, meaning I love myself, and since you make me feel happy or whatever it might be, or I feel good about you, so it's again, it comes back to I. So it's very, even though it's much more sophisticated and it costs a lot more money than a piece of fish, but Lamaisa, it's not that far off from saying, I love fish. I love me. It's the same thing. The truth is that he loves himself. He doesn't love fish. This is well known. When a person gets married, in the MS if the whole tachlis of getting married is that, that I need to have opportunities to give to somebody that I love, to help someone, to do for someone that I love, because I the MS want to love someone, and to love someone means to give and to do. I want to build a house on that Ahava. If that would be true, that one's objective, one's goal was to give and to do for someone else, and he would have look for what kind of a girl, maybe somebody that's handicapped, that limps, salas, just limping, or maybe someone that can't see, that's never blind. And he would have ask the Shabbat, can you imagine such a thing? Guy learned in the best yeshiva. Which yeshiva isn't the best yeshiva? He learned in the best yeshiva. He's the best guy in the yeshiva. Which bach is not the best bach in the yeshiva? Learned best. Everything is gewaldic. And he calls up the shabchan. The shabchan says, wow, this is, I got myself here a big fish. <clears throat> what are you looking for? I'm looking for somebody that, you know, with one leg, no teeth. Someone that's, you know, missing an eye. <clears throat> the ear is falling off. So, uh, what about personality? No, no, not that. No, not that. No personality. No personality. <clears throat> so first we say, you mean you like somebody like yourself? That's the first thing. And after that we would say, what are you crazy? That's what you're looking for? You can get anybody. You can get anybody. So someone would call the shock like that, it'd be crazy. So, but if the person, the Emma's wanted to give his life for someone, then he wouldn't be in it for himself. He would be looking for somebody who, could, who would be more in need of help, for whom he could be more useful, who other people would less likely be interested in marrying, if it's altruistic, if it's for the other. Here you have much more opportunities to do for someone because that person, God forbid, is not capable of, of cooking and cleaning. And she doesn't, uh, she doesn't look uh, pretty and so on and so forth. So here you have an opportunity to help somebody, to do something. To them is be a native. Here's where all of the schmoozen kick in. All of the meters tibus kick in. Marry a girl who really could use you. Who really needs your help. So why is it that the, that the boy is looking for a girl? It's not a tiny, that's the way of the world. He wants someone that's beautiful and that is capable, or as we say, geschickt. 
she knows how to take care of a house, she can raise children, she's got koichis, she has merit, she's smart and she's good, v'chulu, v'chulu, v'chulu. Many v'chulus, right? That's what the boys want. And not only that, could it be he himself is far from that, but he still wants such a thing in a person. Why is that? If his whole avoid is to give and to love, then what difference does it make to him? Adarabah, he wants somebody that needs more help. So the terrorist says, we have to be honest. That's not why he's getting married. He's not getting married to do for somebody else. The reason he's getting married is who writes a lakab. It's not to give, it's to get. That's why he's getting married, is to receive. Humulchan Gamla says Almanas Lakaba. He understands. No one talks about this, he understands. Then in order for me to get what I want, he understands that he has to also do certain things and take care and painos and to be nice and to open a door, to take out the garbage. He has to do stuff in order to get what he wants out of the marriage. He understands that. But the whole nesina, the whole giving, is not almanas lawsays. If all he wanted to do was to give, then he would marry a person who's incapable of giving back, who needs desperately to receive. Now the terrorist says, he really wants to be macabre. He wants, therefore, the prettiest girl and the nicest girl and the most capable girl. And he, anything that he's willing to invest in the marriage is exactly what the word investment means. We've gotten used to that word. It's a Goyesha word. To invest, to invest means that you expect to get, more, that, get back more. No? Even before burning, there's such a Muslim that it doesn't have to be 10%. But you, if you're investing in somebody, it means even the lesson to invest in a relationship. Think about it. What it means. What it means is the person is saying that if, you, if you'll behave, if you'll be good, and you'll invest in this relationship, you're going to get back many more percentages than you put in. That's what it means. The whole thing is selfish. Investing is to, is to make money off of somebody, which is fine. As long as you're ehrlich and you do everything honestly, that's fine. But we're talking about ahara. You're talking about love. You're talking about living with another person who you love. And the lishayness roll off of our lips, our tongues in such a way to invest in this relationship. You must invest in this relationship. And what is it? 8% nowadays, 7%, somebody get that. That means besides, it means you want to make, you want to make. Now, when you have two people that are investing in the same relationship and each one wants to make back, you, have, you could have a problem. Because the way, you, the way, I mean, that's how it is in business, but in life, in life, it's not so partial. But we understand that the reason that this person is prepared to invest in marriage, is you tell him, what do you have to get married for? What are you crazy? It's a machaya, yeshiva bocha. You're sitting in yeshiva, you have the delicious food, right? And, and you have a beautiful, you have a beautiful room. And you don't have to worry. You have no headache. You don't have to worry. You take care. Mommy, daddy gave you a credit card. You go, you come to Mechai. You have a car. Even it's, it's good. You're able to learn all day. You say you like to learn. You're able to learn all day. Everything is good. <clears throat> the terrace is that you want to invest and to make something more than what you have right now. And the investment is in a relationship. But the nature of that entire investment is to give Amanas Lakab. I'm prepared to give up. I'm prepared to give up my independence. I'm prepared to give up I'm prepared to give up the easy life of not worrying about anything and just learning all day. I'm prepared to give all of that up. That's a lot. I'm prepared to give it up. Because I think I can make more. I'm not an idiot. I can make more. Whatever that however that person defines more. That's not important. I could do better. I can do better, so I'm going to get married, because I can do better. Emotionally, physically, whatever it is, but I can do better. But the whole Nesina, the whole giving, <clears throat> when he says those words, when the, that first time, whatever it is, the, before they get married, he, he, and he says those words, I love you. He has to be careful not to say, I love 
Give Hilda fish. Ah, uh, you. I love you. That's what I meant. Did you say fish? No, I didn't say that. I, I, I didn't say, I promise you, I said you. Listen, I mean, again, it's the same Yisoy. It's Almanas Lakabo. It's to receive. He writes a Lakabo. So Humukham Gamla says, Almanas Lakabo, you understand, you have to invest. So he's prepared to invest and to be nice and to be good and so on. Almanas <coughs> Lakabo, in order to receive. Therefore, you find Kisaydeh. In Yonam and Shalom Bayis, I have to say things here in a way that's not so obvious, but you'll find Kisaydeh between husbands and wives in Yonam of Shalom Bayis, where there's a taina that how come only at a certain time of the month that he, he is nice to me and he's more giving to me at a certain time of the month, talks nicer, acts nicer at a certain time of the month. What, is he, what does his life have to do with the moon? What is he, a werewolf or something? Why is it only certain times that he's nice? Not amazing, right? I don't have to explain that. He writes to the Kabbalists. He writes to the Kabbalists. He says, Mufa Gamlos is a monastic Kabbalist. Nemo Lishita Gereses. Titan Harbe. The Kabbal Harbe. He's faithful. He believes in the in that good, healthy work ethic. You put in a lot of classes. You put in a lot. You invest. You take out a lot. So he makes a chesed that it's worth it to him. And the truth is, therefore, that on a deeper level, when he's saying it's a little bit sad because the world is missing much love, again, despite the fact that the word, the word is thrown around all the time. I don't know how many of you Google on the thing, the word love, I mean, in the computer. It probably, ha- it probably continues on the next person's computer. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many, right? But, it, it, but the MS, what does it mean? What does it mean? He says, she's also, it's not, uh, I'm making fun of the guys, but the truth is, it's not to make fun of, this is the reality. Neither one of them is really giving, so it could be her husband is a little bit different, what she needs, what she expects, what she wants. I had, I had a couple that I was talking to a few weeks ago, I didn't know, I didn't see what, the, what was holding these two together. And then he told me, he said, look, because I kept on asking him questions, that this, this problem, I don't know. So then he finally said, I just got to get out of my house. Look, I got to get out of my house. I got, and I have to get away from my parents. So I said, did you tell that to, did you tell that to uh, your intended colleague that it really doesn't have much to do with her? It's just, you need to get away from home. Why don't you just get on the train and go somewhere? <laughs> you know, that way get away from home. So why should she suffer? Because you need to get away from home. You just take the, take the F train back and forth, A train. You go like that. There are people that do that. You go like that for the rest of your life, back and forth, until someone else you can go to, and you go to another train. But why do you have to, but why do you have to ruin a person's life? Because you need to get away from home. She thinks, she thinks that you love her, and she wants to marry you, and you're going to have a whole thing. And, and what are you, you're telling me that you want to get away from home? That's why you're marrying her? So, that's his cheshman. So she has a different cheshman of what she wants out of this. What is marriage? Marriage is like a successful makolet. That's not what Schwartz is Muslim of a big business. Uh, a successful makolet, a successful little grocery store. We would, of course, say a big chain of department stores and things like that. But Schwartz is very humble and he lives in, in as a cell. So he says, it's like a successful makolet. And therefore, in the house, each one... Each one lives, they live together, of course, in the house, and they say nice things to each other, and they're married, but each one of them is chayla atzma, each one's living for himself. And if the other one stops giving, or if you're not satisfied with what you're getting from the other person, whatever that might be, emotionally, physically, if you're not satisfied with what you're getting, then it's ayshidr, then it starts to go bad. Because that's what you're in it for, you invested. And I'm investing, each person says, but I did this for you, I did that for you. And how come you didn't do that for I did this for you, I did that for you, how much I gave up for you. I do so much for you, and then uh, that, 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 and you don't, because I invested. And the person's upset, the same way he goes over to the guy in the business, he says, you know, I invested, I invested a million dollars on you, and how come you didn't do this, and how come you didn't do that, it's the same time. You know, I could have been in yeshiva, I could have stayed in yeshiva, I would be one of the biggest tamil in the world if I would have stayed in yeshiva, but no, I married you because I invested in you. 
And what am I getting back? Very bad returns for my investment. I'm not getting what I wanted. So I could have stayed in Yeshiva. I would have been a big Kamal Chalkin. And the girl's thinking, I could have had a career. I was a smart girl. I, I was so much liach in school. And everybody wanted me for this job. And I gave up everything for, to, for you and to raise a family. So what's, what's my investment? Where do I get back my investment? And all the problems in Shalom Bayez, Sayyid, Sayyid, this Nakuda, this point of not feeling that you're getting back what you invested. Because each one's in it for himself. Kalafat Chabibayas has a lot, so my each one's living in that house for himself. This is a program that is that is doomed to fail. This program is doomed to fail. There's very little true love. Ahava amitis there's very little. Ahava is found by those people who have already torn off from themselves the levushim of this world. That have, have, have already been, have already erased Amalek from their lives. As and, uh, and this person is this tzaddik. There are very few such people as a tzaddik is a mitzvah of what to give, to do, and to give. Very few tzaddikim will live completely in the world of the neshama. In the world of the neshama, the person is not investing. He's not trying to get back higher returns that he puts in. It's not an investment. It's a it's a complete act of altruism, just to give Amanas says, just because I want to do, I want to give, that's all. So in that world of, of the tzaddik, where the amolik, where the guf is already gone, so then in that world there's no tzaris ayin, no jealousy, kin and so on, v'imuchon be'emes, l'hetev l'zolah, so each one, be'emes, be'emes, is living to give to the other. After all that we've been learning, the truth is, the reality is that there are very few people who live in such a way where the neshama is completely revealed and the guf, and the guf conforms with the neshama and goes along with the neshama and the guf admits that I'm just a lavush, I'm just a garment, but I'm not the emis, I'm not the mitzis, I'm not really the ani of who you are. There are very few people like that. Therefore, there's hardly a person in the world that knows really, really how to give love completely, selflessly, amanas says, just to give. This is felt. We feel this. Everybody feels this. But ones who are more sensitive people, obviously it hurts more. Less sensitive, less. But it's felt every day. Like a child. When a child, that child, that time of being a child, if you're in a healthy and happy home, <clears throat> and even after you, you get older, especially when it comes to the ahava of a mother, which that union of, the, of, a, of a mother's love is the most selfless love in the world. The love of a mother, of a parent, that there we can taste that Indian of absolute ahava, of complete and total ahava. Not the investment. There is something, but it's the closest you can get. When a person feels that, no matter where you are in the world, no matter how bad things have gotten, Yosef Atzadik would, would remember his father, you understand? Oh, Yosef Atzadik would remember his father, he would think of his parents. And even alone in Mitzrayim, all of those years, he was able to mechazik himself. He saw the image of his father in the window, right? That's what it means. It is chaskut. Because there was that absolute clear love that he knew existed for him. And as long as he knew that it was there, he can go on living. He can get up again. He could plow his way through another horrible day. 
as long as you know that that Ahava is there, somebody at the somewhere that's thinking about me, someone that thinks about me, someone that cares about me in a complete and total way of Ahava, then the person can go on. Because I'm more like the Gematria Sophic, when you're unsure of the other one's love. And when a person is living in a world of Vadai, Vadai, when he's certain of the other one's love, when there's that certainty of being loved, then you can then you can live. Because that holds you together. Because remember, Ahav is the Gematria Echad. Echad is Elam Chesidibana, is what holds together and binds together reality, and a person can go on living with that certainty of being loved. And therefore, you could find people, sometimes you go to places and you meet up with people, Jews or Lahav or not Jews, who are, like, have had such horrible, miserable lives. And they'll talk about a mother or a grandmother or a grandfather, or a father, even someone that's not in the world, but they still think that from the other world that person is thinking about. Even from the other world, that person loves me, my mother. I remember one years ago, Maybe 27, 28 years ago, I was I was mashgiach someplace in a, in a in a hotel doing the hashgacha, and there was I became friends with one of the workers. I used to go there a lot, and there was a worker there. He was a very very sweet person, but a life that was in shambles beyond belief, beyond belief. And we had like a yedidus. I, I looked forward to seeing him, and and we had we used to talk a lot. He was helping with all the stuff with cashing. He was a very very wonderful person, very good-natured person. And he would talk to me about his life. And the MS, I don't know how this person, I, 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 I don't know how he would get up the next day. I don't know. But he, what he saw in his life and what he had and the emptiness and the loneliness of his life. And I once asked him, you know, how do you, how do you manage? I can't believe, you know, you, how do you do that? So he, he starts to tell me that, he starts to tell me about his mother. His mother's not even alive. He used to ask me to, he used to, ask me to daven for her. To daven, she'd say something in my prayers for her. And he, and he would tell me about how his mother died already years before, how his mother, how much, how much his mother loved him. And how she would look after him and she was always taking care of him. And she also died, she didn't die a regular death, she was also killed by somebody, something crazy. I don't remember the whole story. But there was a hav in his life. gave him So when a person feels that there's someone out there that loves me, he's happy. He can manage. So why is there so much sadness in the world? There is terrible sadness. Even though life is easier and better for most people, it's much better than it's ever been, but there's the sadness is Sadness. Because the Kemat isn't a person who feels that he's being loved entirely for his own sake. Not because someone else has a cheshbon. Not because someone's invested in me. Like, like you know, like you, you go to work in some office and they and they they love you in the office. They love you in the office, and they give you a bonus and they give you your own office. Boy, they love me so much. You can't believe. You come home and you tell your wife, these people they love me. They really love me. They gave me my own office. They gave me a secretary. They gave me uh, extra money. They love me. That they love me. the same way that that you love fish. They love you as long as they feel that they can get something out of you. They'll be nice to you and so on. It's an investment. And, and we see nowadays what's happening, that when it's not any more a profitable investment, then they say, yeah. you have to find someplace else to work. You can't afford it. So people don't feel loved. And that's why there's such atzvahs in the world. I spoke about this in the past a number of times. You see this even in the literature of modern society, without going into the names of famous writers and books. The change that took place at that time of the Industrial Revolution, that kufa in history, when many, many, many millions of people for the first time began to leave the little villages where they lived, 
everybody together with the brothers, the sisters, the aunts and uncles, everybody cousins in one little village for 300 years. And people began to come to the big cities, wherever that, London or Paris, Chicago, New York, but they went to big cities. And the unbelievable alienation and emptiness that that brought to people's lives. The emptiness. Where does the asphalt of modern life come from? The feeling of not being genuinely loved. And of being terribly lonely. Now, if you have a dimyon, if you're, and you can manage if you imagine that there's somebody that loves you, if you've talked yourself into that, or you believe that someone loves you, which in most of these situations, as we learned, it's really an investment, but okay, say that they're good to each other, and, and the feeling is that that person genuinely loves me, okay, even though there's an underlying nakuda there of selfishness, but there's enough goodwill. And there's enough caring, and there's enough giving. In other words, it's a good stop. So then, the person can be happy. But as we know, especially in modern times, that when the ahava, when, the, when that feeling of joy that comes with ahava is based upon a love that is not really altruistic, and it's not very deep, and it's really much, much more of a personal selfish investment on either part. So then we know that the Mjernis have a way, delusions have a way of, uh, of disappearing over time. They have a way of fading away. And the person has to live with the reality that I can't believe this is the marriage I mean, this is the relationship I mean, this is what my brother did, this is my sister, this is my friend did. And, and, and to wake up with that terrible feeling that this is all along wasn't what I thought it was. And there's much of that happening in the world. So how are we supposed to go on living in a world, obviously to work on our relationships with the Nama as much as possible, but how are we to manage in a world where there's really so much love that's missing, a terrible emptiness, where, the, where, <clears throat> where there's such a lack of love in the world. But by way of Hagdama, because it's our firm, let me just say, to explain a little bit before before we finish the parable, which I don't know if we'll get to right now to finish it completely. Because we all know what the terrorist is going to be. We can anticipate the terrorist, the explanation, the answer, is that there's one love that can never, ever change. And there's one love that is entirely altruistic beyond anything that we could ever understand. And there's one love that's not, not an investment to get something back. And that's the love that the Baruch has for each and every one of us. That's the Ahavas Oilam Ahastiv. So we're going to talk about Ahavas Oilam Ahastiv. And therefore, no matter where a person is in the world, no matter where a Yid is in his life, there's an Ahavas Oilam, Ahavas Oilam. That in order that a person should come to them, to understand that the whole Yant of is, the whole Yant of is to uncover that Ahava. Many of you have learned, over the years have learned Tanya, as I said, I'm going to be starting it from the beginning, not this Monday, but hopefully the following Monday. The 32nd parakel of Tanya, late, Lamed Beis, is very well known. In the 32nd, in the 32nd parakel, Tanya talks about the mitzvah of the of loving another Jew as yourself. And the Alter Rebbe explains over there that in order to love another Jew in such a way, the M is the M is, that there should be a hava from one Jew to another, that can only be an ahava that comes mitzad ha-neshama. can only be as far as the neshama is concerned. Why? Because in the Olam HaGufim, in the world of the body, in the, world of, in the physical world, Everybody's different. In the physical world, everybody's different. Different appearances, different interests, different tastes, different way of life, different background. One Jew to another, different language, different culture. There are differences. And in the Olam HaGuf, the Olam HaGuf in the world of the body, in the physical world, everything is mechulik, is mefuzah umufurad ben ha'am. Yeishnai am echa. This was the Lashon Har of Haman. The Gemara says the worst Lashon Har of Haman was that the Jewish people, the Etzim, he, he knew, the Etzim, Yeishna Yam Echad. They are a nation that the Etzim is one people. 
That's who they really are. But you know why we're going to be able to destroy them? Because they're Because they're divided and they're dispersed among the nations. And the meaning of that is, Thani explains, that can only be because it's only mitzad and neshama that that's true. Yeshnai am echad. Yeshnai am echad means the neshama of a Jew in New York is bound to the neshama of a Jew in Israel, a, a Jew that's living in China. Wherever that Jew is, the neshamas are bound together. And there's nothing, there's no distance and there's no body in the world that can separate between these two neshamas of two Jews. Because no ilam and neshamas, the Jewish people are one. Knesset Yisrael and Shemaim is one. The neshama of the Jewish people is one neshama. And in that way there's no chilik between one Jew and another. And that's how the Alter Rebbe explains. Why Rebbe Kiva taught that V'ahavta Racha Kamaycha is a klal gadol b'tayr. is the great principle of all Yiddishkeit. V'ahavta Racha Kamaycha is the great principle of all Yiddishkeit. Klal gadol b'tayr. So everybody's asking, why is that klal gadol b'tayr? What about Shabbos and, uh, and Tillin and everything else? The klal gadol b'tayr is V'ahavta Racha to love another Jew as yourself. So Tani says, yes, that's the klal gadol b'tayr. Because all of Yiddishkeit is this one avayda of strengthening your neshama over your guf. Listen carefully. The cloud of the is, whether it's Shabbos, whether it's Tefillin, whether it's getting up in the morning to Davin, whether it's not being angry, whether it's Tikkun Amidus, being kind to another person, giving tzedakah, it's all, it all boils down to one thing. How can I strengthen my neshama? How can I reveal the essence of who I am, the Ami, to be stronger and more obvious and more apparent than what? Than the goof, than the body that separates and divides. If a Jew doesn't feel like keeping Shabbos, it's because his neshama is not working, it's not out, it's not out there. If a Jew doesn't feel, if a Jew doesn't feel like getting up to daven, or his davening is an empty davening, it's because, it's because the goof, the amalek, is weighing him down. Oh, it's weighing him down. So really the neshama can't express itself. If the neshama would express itself on neshama tabman mispalalas, and the neshama would explode. If, if the Amalek would be peeled away, the Amalek that covers, the goof that covers, what the Tanya says, the reason that I have, the Ahakarecha loving another Jew, that means that in order to love another Jew, the Emes, not my best friend, but even there, but to love another Jew, even if I don't like the way he, he does this or that, or he's he, <clears throat> different from me, to love another Jew is only if you cause the neshama, if you bring out your neshama to be stronger than your goof. If you come into contact with the neshama, the more you, the more you access the neshama, the soul, the more you're able to love every other Jew. Because in the world of the neshama, there's no chilik between one Jew and another. He's an Ashtonist, he's a Svar. In the world of the neshamas, nobody has lighter skin and darker skin. Nobody says Shabbat, Shabbos, in the world of Neshama. There's no difference. Everybody says, of course, Shabbos. In the world of Neshama, there's no difference between, between one and another. Everything's the same in the world of Neshama. We have one Father. That's what Tanya explains. And that's Tanya Klal, the Torah, that's the great Klal of all Yiddishkeit, Neshama. Goes back to everything we're learning. And then you can love another Jew and you can feel the pain of another Jew that you never met. But you heard about another Jew and it, oh, your heart goes out for another Jew. It's the same kayak that gets you up in the morning to daven. It's the same kayak that gets you to overcome the taiva, the etzar, for something you should stay away from. Don't turn on that machine, don't look at that picture, it's big. No, but my goof is telling me to look. And Malik says, give a kick. And my neshama says, no, don't look. So all of Yiddishkeit is what? And the neshama being is gabra on the goof. Empowering my neshama. All of Yiddishkeit is an avoider of the neshama being nizgabra laguf. I saw in a sefer once a gewaldige, a gewaldige word. There's a special mitzvah in the Torah of Ahav Sagir, right? To love a convert. It's a special mitzvah. Here it's interesting. The Torah is not satisfied with Ahav Lakimach. A is Jewish also, right? A is a Jew. But the Torah goes out of its way and gives a special mitzvah, oh, again, to love a convert. Because you are also strangers in, in the tribe, so you have to have a special mitzvah of a again. <clears throat> so one said he can explain the Murdoch thing. He says that a is is different than loving a Jew. 
<laughs> Why? To love a gear. Because the gear, when you look at him, you see a guy. It could have been there for 25, 30, 40 years. The guy's mom is a guy. Not with a lamas. He's a guy. And not only that, a lot of times he looks like a guy. A lot of times he looks, he looks like that. <laughs> if I go with my father someplace, my father would say, Jew, 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 Ger, Jew, Jew, Ger. <laughs> Those who have the long, who have seen Jews for many years, they have a certain fierce eye to recognize the Jew. So, then there's a mitzvah that says, You should love the Ger. Because loving a Ger forces you to look beyond the facade. Because when you look at him, you see someone that doesn't even look Jewish. It doesn't, might not even look Jewish. Sometimes, even, but many times, doesn't look Jewish. So if you're stuck in the Ilam Haguf, ah, with another Yid, we look the same, we come from the same world, we're all part of the same thing. So Mela, you could think that you love the person, but you might be deluding yourself. It's really the body that you love, it's an investment. But when it comes to the mitzvah of Ahaftim Asagir, You must turn away, you must close your eyes to what you see with your eyes, and you have to go deeper than the outside, because the outside doesn't look Jewish, and the outside was never Jewish until today. And he came out from the mikveh, she came up to the mikveh, and this person was a Jew. I don't know, you don't look Jewish. And where, you, where do you come from? I come from, I don't know, Tallahassee. Where do you daven? I daven by Tallahassee. Where do I daven by Tallahassee? I didn't daven anywhere, I wasn't Jewish. So you don't look Jewish to me. <clears throat> what do you eat your whole life? I eat pork chops. What kind of things? That, what's the matter? I, I wasn't Jewish. I just come up from the mikveh. So why do you have a tie against me that I ate pork my whole life? So you look at this person, and everything about this person is saying he's not Jewish. But then something took place. He went to the mikveh, and, I, and it was done with the bezdin. Everything's like halach, and the person's a yid. So you have to stop, and you have to go into that place of the neshama, right? And you have to look at this and to say, this, this neshama is the neshama of a yid that was there at Harsena together with me, and that this neshama got fablunged over the years with Goyim, somehow, whatever happened with the Klippas, and ended up by Goyim, and now, Baruch Hashem, this, this, this yid came back. Came back to us. He's one of ours. So you, you, you're doing this avayda outside the mikveh, and then you take a look up at him, and you say, he doesn't look Jewish. And you go back into that place. There's a special mitzvah. It's an avayda. You have to be meschabed to the nisham. You have to connect to the nisham to feel that. Because mitzad aguf, mitzad aguf, it doesn't look like it. But it's the same thing with any Jew and another Jew. All the chilukim, all the divides between one Jew and another is the guf. And as soon as you come to the place of neshama, then you love a person. It makes no difference what the background is. Wasn't religious, is religious. It's not religious. Ashkenazfat, Polish, let's see, whatever it is. No, it's not. No, not giving it with the person. You like this, you don't like that. Now we understand the whole oymik of Purim. Something special happened by Purim. So, I'm not going to go into the halach of it right now. But this we know. That once Mordechai and Esther, once Mordechai and Esther were revealed, and once the Venahapechu once the was in motion, things, started to, things turned around, and they were going in the right direction. So then a Mordechai thing happened. It says in the Megillah, the Rabbim me'ame ha'aris misyahadim. And many, many people in the 127 provinces of Achishverosh, Misyahadim, they converted. It says in Megillah, Rabbi Me'ame Haritz Misyahadim. Such an interesting word, Misyahadim. There's a verb, Lehisyahed, to become a Jew. Rabbi Me'ame Haritz Misyahadim. In other words, <clears throat> even if we're not talking about how Goyim became Jews. Virabim me'ame haras misyadim means that on Purim there's a special, special kayach that's in the world for a person to be able to find his neshama. Rabbi me'ame haras misyadim to transcend 
the delusion of the guf that separates between himself and the Rabbani Shalom, between himself and another Jew, and himself to be misyaheid, himself to be misyaheid. Kirabi me amar is misyadim. Because the yontiv of Purim, there's this bechina of geiris that we don't see by any other yontiv. It's true that, of course, Kabbalah Torah, there's a Geirus Klaius, but there's an Indian in the Yontiv, a later Yontiv, to have such a thing that there was a Geirus, Rabbi Me'amehoros Mesyadim. It means that on Purim, every Jew can be like a Geir. Because a Geir, if it's hard for the people who, are, who have befriended this Geir, then you can imagine how the Geir himself has to come to that Nakuda within himself. That he goes into the water, he comes out of the water, and now, and now he's a Yid. The only way he could do that is to believe that some unbelievable, mysterious, and hidden transformation has taken place that you can't show under a microscope. It doesn't show up in the, in the blood. But it is. It's the essence. It's the essence of who the person is. Meaning that each and every Jew, when it comes to Purim, there's a Bechina of Geiris. Because Geiris means my Neshama being stronger than my Guf. Loving a Geir means being able to see the Neshama in the other person being able to see the Nisham in myself, ignoring the goof, that's why you get dressed up on Purim, to be able to ignore the outside, how it looks, and to see Adelayoda, the outside, to be able to get to the inside. The biggest Sainai, the Bali Musa tell us, the biggest Sainai, the biggest enemy of a person is the goof, is Amalek, it's holding it back from his Nisham. Not that Hashem Zubach wants us to hate our bodies. God forbid. Hashem Zubach wants us to convert our bodies. Hashem Zubach says, the body is good as long as the Nisham is the Balabas. If the Nisham is the Balabas, then the body serves the Nisham. But, but if you're out of touch with the Nisham, if you're wearing a costume, a mask, and you've, and you've lost touch with who you are, so in Khalila, you've lost the war with Amalek. So Asher Yishutu Ayudim Heima B'Sayneim, and therefore the Svarim tell us that Tikkun says in the Tikkun Rabbi the Ariyah Kodesh that what that Yom Kippurim Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim, meaning that somehow the Gra explains that somehow Purim and Yom Kippur are the two of them, each one is Mashlum the other. You need both. Now it's Yom Kippur, Yom Kippurim, Purim and Yom Kippur are two halves of one mitzvah. What is that? Because Yom Kippur is a day which is what? Kuloi Neshama. You don't eat, you don't drink, you don't... Do... <laughs> Yom Kippur is complete Neshama. Complete Neshama. Therefore, Yom Kippur, every yes, I'm so sorry. Every Yom Kippur, you know, I I, I, I love you. I don't know how I said that to you, because it's Kuloi Neshama. Kuloi Neshama, you're in touch with that part of yourself, and it's Kuloi Neshama. Yom Kippur, everybody's a day which is cool. We say in the davening, if day is of ahava, but there's no eva, there's no hatred between Jews. Everything's Hashem Olokim, Hashem Olokim, Shmaiz, Hashem Olokim, Hashem Echad, we say, Hashem Olokim, Hashem Olokim, but out loud, we scream, and all Yidna are one in that place of Yom Kippur, it's the Neshama. Purim is the opposite. What's Purim? Kuloi Guf. Purim is, you have to daven, you have this and that, but it's Kuloi Guf. It's all the eating and running and coming and going and lifting and drinking. You don't even know where the Shama is coming or going. It's Kulay Guf. You just descend into this strange world of the Guf. That's why you have to be very, very careful. Khalilah, the person shouldn't cross over any boundaries, God forbid. But it's a day which is, it's a day which is Kulay, Kulay Guf. That's the way that it appears. And yet on that very same day, Rabbi Me'am means that on Purim a person could come to this Madrega, Yom Kippurim, where what? Where I defeat Amalek and the Neshama, the, the Neshama and the Guf are able to be together because the Guf is able to be taken under the wing of the Neshama and the Guf is dipped in the mikveh of, Yom, of Purim and when, the, and when the Guf comes out of the, Purim, uh, the mikveh of Purim then it's Rabbi Me'am that even the guf is misala and purim to madrege of neshama. So even if it's adaloyada, the person the person says tyra in his state of, of having of being uh, uh, detached from from reality, being in the world of guf. 
So we understand that the Yahavis Yisrael, Yom Kippur is theoretically, I love Jews. Because you're all day davening. So how do you show Yahavis Yisrael on Yom Kippur? So every Yom Kippur you ask for Mechila. But Lemaisen, on Yom Kippur you're in Shul all day. So what's the Yahavis Yisrael? Because you didn't throw the guy out of his seat next to you. That's Yahavis Yisrael. So what's the Yahavis Yisrael of Yom, uh, of Yom Kippur? The terrorist is Purim. Purim, where, where Amalek is defeated. And the guf is moida, the guf concedes defeat. And he gives in to the neshama. And he says, I'm a ger, and on Purim every Jew is a ger. Every Jew, now we see, that we, that's why we put on costumes, you have, because I don't know you, who you bemis, I don't know really who you are, you look like something else. The same way when you look at the, at the ger, you say, you don't, you don't look to me like a Jew. But bemis, like I spoke about this morning from the bells, bemis, bemis, you are a yid. And you look in yourself, that's who I am. Therefore, all the mitzvahs, the mitzvahs of Purim is Mishloach Manas Ishle Re'ehu. Ach Yidin with each other. The whole simch of Yidin being together, Purim. Matanas Le'ev Yoyin, to give, to, to give everything, to give altruistically to another Jew, because I'm able to. Because the, the theory of Yom, of Yom Kippur becomes the Lamaise of Purim. So the Baruch didn't create us that we should starve and we should be like that. We're not Malach. He wants it to be in the world, but he wants it to be in the world where the Nisham is the boss. Where the Nisham is Mizgala. <clears throat> Therefore, in Purim, Lamai says, Rabbi, me'ame haritz misyadim. So on Purim, the whole day of Purim is Ahava. It's a day of complete and total Ahava. And therefore, people, when they drink, they can love somebody, they can, be, they can love somebody they've normally been able to get along with. On Purim, everybody's friends. Everybody gets along on Purim. Kimu, the Kibu, the Kisha, the Blevach, everybody's friends, everybody's happy, the Trailer. <coughs> because on Purim, it's cool, it's, that's when there's that, that Bechin of the Hizgabras that the Tanya is talking about, where the Neshama is stronger than the Guth. And when the Neshama is stronger than the Guth, then we may like and love another Jew. We have to make uh, the water that down. Because the Kamaycha of every Jew is the same. It's the Neshama, it's of it's one, one father. One Neshama. It's not a nice thing to say to, to, uh, for, for a poem or for a website. It's bad, it's true. But, on, but the rest of the year, it's very hard to come to that. But on Purim, you could taste the sweetness of that, of that ahava from one Jew to another. That every Jew, every Yid is mamish. Brother, sister, everybody is mamish the same. That first is able to taste it on Purim. <clears throat> Higher than anything, I'll slightly finish. Higher than anything to come to on Purim is that realization that the Bari Olam loves me. That once a person comes to the place of the Neshama, that's what we're going to finish the part next week. When a person comes to that place within himself, of the Neshama, not Levad, when he comes to that place inside of himself, it's absolutely clear to him that the Bani Shalom sees beyond my, my costume. And that's the mice that I said this morning from Belzerebi. For those who weren't here, I'm going to say it, uh, the, the kids to 10 seconds. But the, that Rebaro Lebelzer, forgive me those who are here, but the, just to repeat it, that Rebaro Lebelzer, when he came to Israel, he came and he moved to, and he moved to Tel Aviv after the Holocaust. He, he managed, he was saved and he came out. And he, and he went to Tel Aviv. And the Hasidim in Yerushalayim were obviously very upset. I'm not sure, almost all the Hasidim were in, Tel, were in Yerushalayim, in Bnei Brak, but not in Tel Aviv. So one of the Hasidim was a big kanoi, and he had got up the nerve, and he's Rabbi Lebelzo, you know, was a Kaddish Elyon. It's a Kaddish Elyon. The Lubavitcher, if you met him as a young man, the Lubavitcher, he said it, they asked the Lubavitcher, and the Lubavitcher wasn't fast to say, the Lubavitcher, he said about him, he's surah without chaymen. He's in the shama without a guf. That's what Lubavitcher, he said about the bells of Rabbi Barul. So this chassid said to Rabbi Lebelzer, Rabbi, I don't know how you live here in Tel Aviv. Everywhere you look, you see Goyim. I mean, the Jews here are not religious. So all you look at it, Rabbi, everywhere you lift your eyes, you see Goyim. And the Belzer Rabbi heard that he started to shake. He got very, very worked. That he heard such a thing coming from the mouth of a Jew. And he said, the Belzer Rabbi said, what do you mean? You know, I love this city. I love this city. Because I walk in the street, and when I look, it looks to me like they're not Jews. I talk it. They look to me like they're not Jewish. And then the person says to me, Boketov, Rabbi. Good morning, Rabbi. He said, oh, he's a Jew. And this one calls out from across the street, Boketov, Rabbi. Good morning, Rabbi. See, that's also a Jew. The whole place is Jewish. And then he said, and he said, and now I want to tell you something. He grabbed this chas and he said, I want to tell you something. What's the nafkim in it? Any day now, Mashiach is going to, we're going to hear the shayfish from Mashiach. 
and then every one of these Jews in Tel Aviv is going to take that costume that he's been wearing, he's going to throw it off and say to the Bani he named me, I'm here, Bani I'm back with you, I'm back with you. He named me. The biggest, biggest gilu of Purim is that, that with myself it's all been a costume. And that the Ahava that the Bani feels for me, the Bani always sees beneath my, my phony facade, always sees that he named me inside of me. We don't see it in ourselves. The Bereshim always sees that. The moment that we see that, when our eyes meet up with the Bereshim's eyes, then each and every one of us can be the truth. How the Kiblu be mechash veish kimu mashe Kiblu kva. Purim is a day of Kabbalah's Torah. May Ahava Sanesh, which actually says Ahava with love. We should deserve each and every one of us to be in the Kabbalah. The Torah in God is right now where we are. Ahava with love. And each one for the other to be Zerche. For that time when finally, finally, the big, 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 Mask will be pulled off of all of Galus from Bizarre. We are the Henikal Mius, like Saint Gulashan Gamitis, and Hemi Minor Main Gamma.